day, everyone, and welcome to another Overflow Pod. I'm starting a Christmas series today, and it's my favorite time of the year. A lot of people like other holidays, but for me, it's Christmas. I love everything about it. Now, what are your, some of your favorite things about Christmas? Are they decorations? You know, all the Christmas lights. Maybe you don't like decorating, but you like looking at other people's decorations. For years, one of the traditions of my family was to go out and look at the Christmas lights of a house in Bear. There's this one house that had over a million lights. I think it was maybe two million. It was insane how many lights this one little house has. And I haven't gone in the last couple of years. And I'm going to make a commitment right now. We are going to the Bear Light House this year because it was it's just fantastic. Well, what about shopping and giving gifts? What about food? Is that your favorite? What about the music? Oh, I'm loving this one radio station that we have in town called B101. And they just play nonstop Christmas music from like pre-Thanksgiving till a couple days after Christmas. Love the Christmas music. Or is it the traditions? What is your favorite part about Christmas? Get nostalgia for a moment. What do you enjoy doing the most? Because... Christmas, no matter what difficulties we face, there's always some joys that we have that we like. What's your favorite part? Now, I intentionally didn't ask you about what the most important part of Christmas was because that would have been a setup. You know, we already know the most important part of Christmas, and it's in the word Christmas, Christ worship. It's all about worshiping Jesus and letting everybody know the most important thing about Christmas is Jesus Christ. When you think about Christmas and worshiping Jesus at Christmas, centering on him, you know, we sort of know in the back of our minds there can't be anything more important than that. That's what it's all about. But for a couple of reasons, we often miss out on worshiping Jesus during the Christmas season. And one of the reasons is we get just too busy. I mean, there's just too much going on. You're doing this and you're doing that and you're rushing here and there and you get to the end of another Christmas and you think, geez, I didn't even get to celebrate or worship Jesus like I wanted to. We get so caught up on our favorite things around Christmas that we miss out on the point of Christmas. I mean, think about it. In this one month of the year, we try to pack it all in. In this one month of December, we say, you know what? Let's write a card to everyone we've ever met, whether we like them or not. (laughs) Let's do that during this month. Even put a personal note on it. Maybe throw in a picture. And during the same month, let's redecorate our house. That'd be a great thing to do. And during this same month of the year, let's also find the perfect gift for everybody that we love. Let's add on to this month of the year you know what let's bake everything that we want to bake even if you don't bake the oven may become a place where you hide your dirty dishes when people come over i don't know you ever do that i did that in college i think because i wasn't baking but maybe you watch all the food channels and you watch what they're baking and you get motivated and you start doing all kinds of stuff and during this one month of the year let's decide you know what Let's let the kids out of school for two weeks just to make life a little bit easier. That's what we should do during Christmas. We get so busy, we don't have time to worship. 
Because we have so much stuff. We've decided to do all these things, and that's one of the reasons. But I think that there's another reason. That is, sometimes we just don't know how. We don't know how to worship. To a lot of us, worship just sounds, if we're honest, boring. Like, I come, and I sit, and I go to church, and I listen to some message, and I just snooze through, or I have music that's playing, and I'm going along with the singing, and it's just boring. I hope, you know, worship just is more than that. But nobody's really shown us how to worship. I mean, what is worship? Even when you talk about worship, the original word was worth-ship. The original English word has to do with value and worth and what you value in life. And that is to say, worship is to say, God, I believe that you are of absolute worth and anything you say is of absolute worth. And so you can worship lots of things in life. You can worship money. You can say that has absolute worth in life. You can say, you know, God, you say, Jesus, you're worth it all. That's worship. And it's a missing ingredient in a lot of our lives, a missing ingredient that can add much to it. For a lot of people, worship seems foreign because no one's ever told us how to worship. So how do we do it? How do we worship? You know, sometimes we are too busy. So what I'd like to do is help you with that today. Instead of finishing this podcast with the guilt that, you know, we're doing all these other things at Christmas and and we're not doing the main point of Christmas. No, 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 no. Keep doing all those fun favorite things. But let's look at how do we worship. I don't want to send you off with, you know, all that guilt. And you can only focus on Jesus' Christmas and don't do all that other stuff. No, that's that's just ridiculous. You know, we can do the, our favorite things and we can do the most important things all at once. You know, we need to learn how to worship with all the other favorite things that we have. Because when you worship, it actually changes you. It does something to you. What makes Christmas great is that it marks the birth of a Savior, a prophesied Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice that is offered for the forgiveness of sins, a restoring of our relationship with God. And all we have to do is say yes to accepting that gift. Say yes to what Jesus did for us so many years ago by dying for us. God will forgive us. He gives us his Holy Spirit, and he prepares a place for us for eternity. And all we have to do is receive that gift. We have to accept it. Christmas marks the birth of our Savior and how important it is for us to worship it. Think of your life as like a big map. And on the left side, you say, you are here. And there's a big arrow. And it's at the busyness and messiness and the routine of your life. And then there's a destination to the right over here called worship. It's this place that we want to get to, where we want to know that there's a sense of peace, where there's a sense of confidence, where there's a sense of hope. So how do you get from where you currently are with the busyness and messiness and routines of your life over to the place of worship? Well, we're going to let some guys show us how. Why not look at the first worshipers of Jesus? At the first Christmas, they knew how to find Jesus. They knew how to find worship. And they came all the way from the east, these guys, to find Jesus and worship him. They were called wise men. And we're going to let them show us how to worship. So here's what we're going to do. I want to 
share with you, recreate the story of the wise men. And as we read it, I'm going to show you six phrases that will all show us something about how to worship. And then we're going to walk through it together. And we're going to hear what they said and follow the directions of worshiping Jesus. So let's look at the wise men. Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east. That's the first phrase, from the east. It's going to tell us something about worship. Came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one? That's another one. Who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east. We saw a star, and when it rose, we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means last among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. Now, he actually didn't want to go and worship him. He wanted to kill him, destroy him, the rival king. So after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. It's another part of worship. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down. There's another. And worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. There's another part of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. That's the last. All these things are parts of what it means to worship. So let's let these wise men kind of sort of guide us on this journey of worship with these six parts of worship that we can learn from them. First one, the very first part from the East. It's got to start, worship has to start with a sincere desire. That's the first thing. Start with a sincere desire. It may sound too simple to say, but if you don't have to, if you don't want to worship, you're not going to worship. It's the way it is. You have to want it. Worship is not going to just burst in the front door of your life. You got to go through it, just like these guys did. I mean, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, who were these guys? The Magi were political advisors. They had expertise in science and agriculture and math and history and astronomy and religion. And because of this, they were sort of the power behind the power. They were the kingmakers of that day. That's why they were interested in a king that was going to be born. And if it helps you, they were like, okay, give you a Star Wars reference. They were the Jedi Knights of the day, but without the lightsabers. That's what they were like. They were the power behind the power. They heard a king was going to be born and they came to worship him. Not just to see him, to worship him. And they came all the way from the east, which is these guys came from a journey for months and months, very expensive, costly journey to walk all the way from the east to see this new king. It indicates more than just an intellectual curiosity. 
these guys were hungry to see Jesus. They wanted to see the king. And when you think of worship, one of the parts of worship is this desire, this wanting it in our lives. And when I think of wanting something, hungry for something, the first thing I think of is a physical want, a physical need. And that's what we attach to, first of all. It's, it's easy to figure out how to satisfy that. I just want to eat, so we eat. You know, just to remind you, I want to familiarize with this feeling of hunger. What's your favorite food to eat at Christmas? Is it one of those hams, like a honey-baked ham? Is it a dessert or a side? For me, it's always the desserts. Christmas is a time when people bake and bake all kinds of amazing desserts, from pies to cakes to cookies. And I love desserts, as you can tell. One thing I love is Jeanette's relatives always makes dozens of cookies and they bring them and give them to us. So for every family member, we get lots of cookies, different types. And my kids start baking more than other times of the year. They, they make scratch brownies or key lime pie or cheesecake, lots of chocolate chip cookies or snickerdoodles. And I think once we even had a strawberry pretzel salad, which I just love. And now I'm getting hungry. Plus, it's almost lunchtime while I'm writing as well as speaking this. And how does this work with worship? Because we're not talking about a physical need. We're talking about a spiritual need. See, physical wants are fulfilled in physical ways. Spiritual needs have to be filled in spiritual ways. That's what worship does. That's how it meets the need in my life. One of the mistakes we make is we have a spiritual need and we try to fulfill it in a physical way. What are these spiritual needs I'm talking about? How do you know that you're hungry inside? It's kind of like when you feel empty. I need something to fill me. It's when you feel separate or lonely inside. And it's a spiritual hunger. It's when you feel there's need or hope or you have a need of significance. And at your job, at your relationships or somewhere, and you just feel empty. Those are a spiritual hunger. Like when I was in college, I felt that spiritual hunger big time. And I tried to fill it with girls, with drinking, with parties, with food, you name it, I tried it. And it all came to a head one night at four in the morning as I came back to my dorm room and as I had just gone to the restroom, flushed the toilet, I was mesmerized by the toilet bowl circular water movement. Now I might've been a little buzzed, <laughs> a little under the influence, and I flushed it like four times, probably more, as I watched it over and over again go down in a swirl like it would never stop. And I felt a hole inside of me that was just like the bowl, that no matter what I put inside of me or inside this bowl, it would be quickly flushed and I would never see it again and I would still be empty inside. And that's spiritual hunger. And that was the first time in my life that I understood what it meant to be hungry or empty inside. And there was nothing physical that would fill that need. But many times we try to meet those needs with physical needs. We feel empty inside, so we go out and shop. We feel empty inside, so we eat more. We feel empty inside, so we binge on movies. We feel empty inside, so we do all kinds of things, but it doesn't meet the need. This is by way where all of our addictions come from. It's by trying to meet spiritual needs in physical ways. We keep trying and trying and trying, but it never works. Because what we really need is worship. 
What we really need is what only God can give into our life. He's the only one who can fulfill these needs of emptiness and the need for hope and the need for connection. He's the one who has the power to do it. Spiritual hunger must be filled by spiritual means. Because if you have to want to worship, and because this hunger that has to be fulfilled, often as you read through the Bible, you'll see God talking about this need that we have in physical terms. He'll talk about you need the living water that only I can give you. Or he'll say, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not talking about physical, which is what people get confused on. He's talking about spiritual. What he's saying here is you have this spiritual need and you've got to come to Jesus to meet that need. And you may think, I don't know. I feel some of these things sometimes, but I don't always have the desire. And that's where these wise men came in. Where did the desire come from? It came from they saw a message that they knew they could trust. A message that there was something happening that they knew was real. For them, it was a star. Now, I don't know how they knew from the star. There are lots of different theories on it of how they knew from the star that Jesus was reborn, or there was prophecy, it's in the Old Testament. But they knew because of what they went to see this king that was being born. And they trusted that message. And when you see a message that you know you can trust, it says you need for the filling of the emptiness, your need for the loneliness, for the companionship, your need for hope, for grace, for strength. And when you see a message that you know you can trust, you're drawn to it. You see that in places in the Bible. When you read the Bible, God says, I'm able to meet all your needs in this life. Sometimes you see it in other people. That's another place where you see it. You look and you see this person and you think, I wish I had their kind of peace, what they're going through. I wish I had the kind of joy that even in the midst of all the things going on in their lives, or I wish I had their confidence. And when you see that, you don't feel jealous. The truth of the matter is telling you that there's spiritual hunger in your life. And that need is met through worship. That need is met by saying there's something I want that I don't always realize I want. And that is worship that can meet my, that need. Maybe you're somebody who worships every week. You go to church every Sunday. You maybe read your Bible. and Or maybe you can't remember the last time you ever did that. But you can do it now. Right now in your mind, just recognize this desire that you have. And that a God is the only one who can meet this desire. So in your mind, start by saying, you know what, God? I need your presence to fulfill my need for connection. God, I need your comfort to fulfill my need for hope and strength. God, I need your strength to fulfill my need for significance. And God, I need you more than I realize I need you. And these feelings that I have inside, I want to connect with you through worship. I want to see you meeting those needs in new ways. And that's where you start with the sincere desire that recognizes worship is connecting with the one who made you. When you do that, Needs are met in your life at deeper levels than you can imagine. It's hard to explain how that inner feeling of emptiness can be filled. But that's what worship does when you connect with the one that made you. And that's the first thing that the Magi teach us. It's also the beginning point to worship. As if we don't have the desire, then it doesn't matter if we go to a church building or sing songs or read our Bible. If we don't have the desire to connect with God, if we're doing it out of obligation or guilt, we will never connect. 
because it starts with desire. If you don't have the desire, all the other stuff is pointless because it'll go in one ear and out the other. It'll never hit you. So this week, this week before the month of the, the craziness of December, focus on desire. Are you struggling with it? Are you struggling with something? Spend some time talking to God about it. Connect with him. Spend time in his word. Let it speak to you. Don't forget to enjoy your favorite things about the Christmas season. But don't get too busy to celebrate and worship God and fill that spiritual hunger inside of you by worship Jesus at Christmas. And maybe as you're as you're doing all these things, you're baking, you're cooking, you're decorating, you're seeing the lights, you're buying that perfect present. Maybe those times you, you have to sequester yourself. Maybe it's driving back from that hectic mall and just taking 30 minutes or however long it takes you to get home. Or maybe while you're sitting in traffic trying to get out of the mall or wherever you're at and saying, you know what, God? Whew, I enjoyed that. But man, I am tired. And I'm feeling a little withdrawn. I'm feeling a little empty. Lord, fill me up. Lord, help me. Talk about your life. Talk about what your problem is. And connect with God. And say, you know what? This is all about you, Jesus, this season. And I'm having so much fun as I do my favorite things. But I also want to worship you. And sometimes that's what we need. We need to just slow down. And maybe it's in your car ride home. Or maybe it's when you get home. Or maybe you need to take some time out and just go to God and say, you know what? Fill this spiritual hunger inside of me so that I don't get too empty. Because I have this spiritual need. And it's got to start with desire. That's the first thing the Magi taught us. Well, I took too long on the intro in our first phrase. So we learned about worship starting with sincere desire. So we're going to cover the next five things the Magi teach us about worship in the next pod. Work on that desire this week and then next week. We'll get to the next five. And I hope this encouraged you today, wherever you are. God bless, and I'll see you then.